Hello guys, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We are on episode 20 and we are here with Julia Shaw. Um, a few requests for Julia actually. Um, so definitely had to get her on from a selfish point of view as well. I want to know a little bit more about the menstrual cycle, how to train females. Um, I think it's going to be massively valuable for not only me, but for everyone, not just females, males as well. It's a really good thing to understand, I believe. Um, so Julia, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get into how did you get into the coaching industry? Hi, well, thank you for having me on to start with. I'm actually so buzzing to talk about this. Um, so I started about four years, five years ago. I started training. I got a PT myself, um, and I just fell in love with training. And then I kind of more I did it, I was like, right, okay, I want to do. That. I was studying at, at uh, this time and. And I decided that it wasn't for me and I just wanted to kind of do something I really loved. So I just kind of dove into it and then started about kind of all over the place. Then I went away traveling for a little while and then I kind of figured out the area that I was most passionate about, which was women and like the menstrual cycle and hormones. And I think when you see how much it affects myself anyway, and then my female clients and the more you tune into it, it becomes so obvious. Um, and there's so much you can do to like support yourself, support your clients and just with that little bit of knowledge and awareness, and it's not something we're really taught ever. Even as girls, like we're really literally taught nothing about it, um, except for you get PD'd every month, and that's it. Or this is how you not to get pregnant. Um, so, yeah, I think I wanted to kind of help more women and teach women and educate them on having that understanding about themselves and their body, and um, yeah, just making them feel a little bit better and making things a lot easier for them. Did you have your your own kind of journey that, that brought you into this? Was there like a, a phase of wanting to get really strong or a phase of wanting to lose body fat? Was there a reason that you kind of wanted to get that PT in the first place? So I was a total cardio bunny. I was one of these ones that was on the cross trainer for like an hour at a time. And I had absolutely no knowledge of the gym whatsoever. Like compared to like when I look back now, it was ridiculous. Like I was smashing fat burners and I had no fat on me. Like... It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a funny, now I look back, it's funny, but at the time I was like, yeah, this is, this is what's going to work. It was this very much like what I'd learned on social media and what I'd learned through the media. And um, I wanted to change how I looked. I wanted to change my shape. I wanted to be stronger. And then when I started training, I started seeing how quickly that can happen just with some good nutrition and some decent training. Um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to keep going and you, you get addicted you get addicted to how good it makes you feel and you see the changes and you feel better you've got more energy and you're like yeah I um, that's kind of how it escalated yeah and did you kind of did you understand anything with your own menstrual cycle in relation to training and nutrition when you first started or was it kind of like just starting from blank yeah completely blank like, I had no idea I genuinely even up until so I knew my menstrual cycle was like affected me because like I would go in some days, but I didn't make the connection between it being my hormones and my training. So I'd go in and I would be like one week, I'd be like smashing heavy weight, like my heavy lifts and hitting PBs and like feeling really good, recovering really well. And then the following week I'd go in and I'd do like my warm up set and I'm like, I am knackered. Like you, you lose breath, you're like fatiguing. And I'm like, what is going on and the more like now I know what's going on but at the time it's just frustrating and women really kick themselves and I see it all the time with my clients like we keep it like I know all their sessions down and they'll have a look at um what they did the week before and they're like oh why am I not why am I not doing that I'm like where are you in your cycle like let's talk about it and it makes them feel better but um yeah pretty much it's it it didn't I didn't have that knowledge 
And yeah. I used to leave the gym frustrated and kicking myself and feeling really depleted and like, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, why is this happening to me? But yeah, the knowledge definitely makes such a difference. I think even well, me as a trainer and all the clients that I had initially were all very like, so naive to it. I, I would be the same. Like as a, as a personal, personal trainer, I'd be going into sessions and like someone's hit like plus 10 on the bench press last week, they come in this week and it can't move. I'm just like, well, what's actually going on here? And it wasn't until you just like, well, duh, it's obvious. Like, but it's not obvious to a lot of people. Like they just generally just go by and think, oh, just one of those weeks. But there's perhaps a reason for it, which is, which is obviously what we're going to go into. So I think I just want to kind of dive right into the, the menstrual cycle as a whole. Let's just go through all the stages. And I just want to know a little bit more about how they affect women differently throughout. Right, this might take a while, but I will try and I'll try my best. Here for the long haul. Yeah, so there's kind of four main phases to the menstrual cycle. You've got menstruation, which is like day one to say six. Some people can bleed for a week, some people will bleed for three days. And so it's definitely like individualized. So everything I talk about here is not, there's no normal cycle. There's not like everyone gets the same, everybody is completely different. Okay, so what I talk about here is just women will be able to relate as I talk. They'll say, oh yeah, that happens to me, but it won't happen to everyone. But it's kind of just making sense of what happens to you in your cycle. So yeah, there's four main kind of phases. Your menstruation, so that's your bleeding phase. And that usually lasts about seven days. Then you've got your follicular phase, which is kind of from menstruation to ovulation. And then you ovulate. So ovulation is considered a phase on its own, but it's, it's kind of an event, but it's a buildup. So you've got menstruation, follicular phase, ovulation, and then your luteal phase. So I always think follicular phase is first, so F and F. And then your luteal phase is last, so it's your second half, it's last in the cycle. And that's always just the way I remember things. So um, yeah, so from menstruation, that is kind of when all hormones are at baseline. So your progesterone and your estrogen. So these are your two main sex hormones. And we'll talk a little bit about testosterone as well. So your estrogen and your progesterone are baseline when you get your period. That's kind of what happens. That's what makes the period come, your hormones drop. So this first phase, your follicular phase, is when estrogen is dominant. Okay, so estrogen starts to rise and it kind of comes up. But for your first like three, four, five days of your period, you can be, women can be very fatigued. You can feel very flat and um, we're, we're kind of want to isolate. We're not very social. And you've got a lot of intuition that women probably, now I'm saying this, they'll be like, oh yeah, like I get it. You do, you want to isolate. And I know myself, like my mom knows like, if I'm coming up to my period and I've got my period, I don't speak to anyone. Like I totally shut myself away. And it's just this internal intuition that we have that, we have to listen to it. It's like, we just want to go away, relax, calm, recover, recoup, and get ready to go back into another cycle. Um, so from like that kind of, when you're bleeding, women can feel all these things, but some women can train really well during this phase because you're actually quite resilient to stress when you get your period, which is completely opposite to what happens just before it. So because you've not gotten pregnant and you have had your period, your body's like, okay, sweet. I've not gotten pregnant. I don't have to grow this baby. I can kind of go again and um, some women can start training pretty quickly straight away they're like yeah loads better um but some women can't especially ones that suffer with really bad periods really heavy periods and um, if they've got a big hormone imbalance going on training can feel really really difficult when you get your period so it, again this is one of these times where it's completely individualized um but you actually can train quite well during that time if you can if you feel like you can and um, so coming into the next phase is your follicular phase mm -hmm. so that is still menstruation's kind of 
the kind of blend in. Um, so your follicular phase is menstruation to ovulation. So this is when estrogen starts to rise. Okay, so from when you get your period, estrogen's baseline, it starts to come up, it starts to rise. Um, and women become more tolerant, we become more patient, especially with like partners, friends, all these things, family, um, we're more motivated. We start to have better memory, our coordination's better, our balance gets better. Um, we improve our like our drive, our motivation. I thought I said motivation earlier. Um, but we're very productive during this time. We want to be more social. We want to go out there. Um, estrogen literally is like, I kind of say it makes your skin glow. So it makes women very like, very active, do you know what I mean? And this is the time women will start to do their hair more. They'll probably put, they'll come to the gym with a bit more makeup on probably. Um, we'll tan, we're like, we want, it's, the hormone wants to make us reproduce. Okay, so it wants to make us go out there and have sex. So all these things I've just said are because our body wants us to go out and get pregnant. So it's like, yeah, go, go out, go see people, go have fun. Like your libido increases, like you're going to want to go out there. So that's kind of what's happening in terms of, um, diet and exercise we train really well we recover really well we handle carbohydrates really well and um, our sleep improves during this time as well um, we it's the kind of safer time to do your more complex lifting to programming your pb kind of lifts um, your balance and coordination will be better like i mentioned earlier so this is a good time to train and you're going to feel really good Estrogen also helps promote endorphin release. So not only will you have endorphins from exercise, but you're also going to have them naturally with your cycle. So this is kind of a good time to train well, put a lot of energy into it. When you're motivated, go. I can say all my clients, like you'll know yourself, sometimes they come in and they're like ready to go, I'm totally buzzing. And then the next week they're like, oh, I really can't be arsed, I want to be here, I'm just dragging myself. So this is the time when you feel motivated, go, go to the gym, do your extra steps, move more. You have the energy, you can recover, do it. Um, your appetite's actually suppressed a little bit during this time uh, coming up to ovulation. So estrogen suppresses your appetite and increases leptin, so hand in hand. So leptin, for people that don't know, is the hunger hormone that tells us we're full. You have two hunger hormones, you've got ghrelin and you have leptin. So leptin tells us we're full and ghrelin tells us we're hungry. So I always see ghrelin like a little gremlin and it's like, telling you you're starving so yeah um your leptin is increased so your appetite suppressed so when it comes to dieting if you are choosing a diet it's a good time to start a diet if you're going to start reducing your calories and managing what you're eating you're naturally going to be a little bit less hungry um and you're going to be more active so it's it's kind of a good time you've not i've not lost you yet have you no, you're still no, with no. me i'm, I'm just <laughs> absorbing absorbing okay okay so after that, we kind of come into um, ovulation. So ovulation is, as estrogen increases, ovulation is when the egg is released from your ovary. Now, the build-up to that is a lot because you've got all this energy in your blah, blah, blah. And then when you ovulate, so 24 hours after you ovulate, your estrogen and your progesterone dip. So progesterone is not very high at this point anyway, but both your hormones kind of go baseline again. Um, and when that happens, you can feel a little bit depleted. You can feel a uh, lack of energy. Your mood reduces a little bit just purely from that drop. Um, and for women that have like higher estrogen, so some people have hormone imbalances, and I'm not going to go into that too much here because it's a little bit off topic, but um, 
the higher your estrogen is, the higher it's going to fall. Um, so for some people that dips really significant and they are really fatigued that day and they are really like no energy and even just for a few days and it can be like where did that come from I was fine yesterday um, and it's going to be different for every woman and when it happens is different as well so yeah it can be a little bit of a, a time where you do need to just take a day of rest again it's like kind of first day of your period just do what feels good for you and um, but that should only last two or three days that should start to increase as your hormones start to pick up again um, they'll kind of come in and save the day a little bit and you'll, your energy will start to improve. So after you ovulate, um, you go into your luteal phase, which is your progesterone dominant phase. Okay, so progesterone is um, like a calming hormone. It is like anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory. It kind of makes us more cautious. We're more um, like kind of sedated. It promotes sleep. Um, what else does it promote? Um, it'll increase your appetite. It increases your body temperature. So for anybody that does track their cycle and tracks ovulation, you can do it naturally by taking your temperature every morning. And you will see that's how we tend to track ovulation is um, your temperature goes up. And I've seen it in clients myself. Like, why have I literally have one client in particular and she'll know who I'm talking about because when she comes in out of your face, she sweats so much more when she's training. And I'm like, where are you in your cycle? Every time. And it's, um, it's really obvious, but that's what happens naturally. Your progesterone starts to increase and um, your body temperature goes up. So you have a higher energy requirement during this time as well. And you don't actually handle carbohydrates very well at this time. Your fat is the preferred fuel source. So our bodies will start to crave, like as our, our appetite increases, but we start to crave fatty foods. So it's literally our body telling us like, we need fats like I would need fats but what tends to happen is women will go towards the high processed high sugar like high dairy all these these fatty kind of um foods and they actually are they're calorie dense but they don't give us much energy at all so when you're craving the carbs and you're craving the fats and you're going for the kind of processed foods and not the whole foods like your avocados your oils your nut butters your salmon all these kind of fats that your body's craving um you're also then not going to have you're not got much energy anyway but you're also not going to fuel yourself very well at all um so when you've got that going on you're also slightly insulin resistant during this time so for people that don't know it's kind of when you've got insulin in your body your body can't handle your muscles and your fat and your liver don't store or absorb the insulin the glucose in your bloodstream very well so your pancreas starts making more and um yeah that's kind of what insulin resistance but you'll understand that that is that's what's happening um it's a very pro-inflammatory phase so when you think about it, this is when the endometrium so you're when i say endometrium i mean like the period lines endometrial lining is like your period that's what kind of sheds when you get your period that starts to grow during this and um we i'm totally losing this earlier i've got so much to say um where was that yeah your endometrium you are pro-inflammatory yeah so when your endometrium is growing two seconds we lost my train of thought no you're all good you're all good and um what would be some considerations you would take in terms of like like nutrition would you actually get clients to like implement specific foods in terms of like you talked about like the high <clears throat> the high fat section like would you be saying like okay let's actually program in like avocado or like 
omega-3 rich fish in these kind of periods of time so that then they can escape those cravings from like processed foods and burgers and pizzas and ice cream and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 100%. So if you if you implement more dietary fats into your cycle during your second phase, you will definitely feel the difference, I think, um, especially when it comes into closer to your getting your period because these so omega-3s and fats are actually really anti-inflammatory as long as as well as the progesterone these are really anti-inflammatory so they actually when it comes to like pms and like period pains and stuff omega-3s are really really vital and they one they'll help reduce the heaviness of your period and it can also reduce the pain so a lot of people that suffer with really bad pain because it's so anti-inflammatory it not only reduces the kind of what it is that causes period pains it also reduces the, the there's two things causing this called prostaglandins okay and you've got one that promotes pain and one that reduces pain so your omega-3s will come in with an anti-inflammatory effect and then they also reduce the prostaglandins that cause the um pro the pain the period pain but yeah implementing these into your second phase will one give you energy because your body's requiring them it should help because you because you've got more energy you're not going to crave the kind of short bursts of energy in the carbohydrates um as much and yeah, you'll handle them much better. Your body uses them as fuel. This is what's happening in this phase. Um, so yeah, definitely implementing them, even the week before your period, really increasing your omega-3s. Salmon particularly is a great one. But supplementing it as well, for people that don't eat like a lot of fat, that don't like these kind of foods, um, you can supplement omega-3s. Getting a good quality omega-3 would be, I take them every day anyway. They're really beneficial. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I would definitely think that's yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. It's definitely something that, I think the, the main takeaway from this, even if, if we were to just cut off right now, the main takeaway, I think, is just understanding you yourself individually, isn't it? It's like, obviously, taking this information and then implementing it yourself. And obviously, I don't know what your kind of approach would be. Like, do you use, like, any of the apps, like Flow, Clue, or do you kind of do it, like, individually, a little bit more kind of like, um, would you say, like, noting stuff down with a pen and paper, or do you use any of these apps? Yeah, so I personally use natural cycles. Okay. Uh, so I do the whole, I do my temperature every morning. Um, I manage my cycle that way. So I'm pretty in tune with it anyway. But Flow is a really good one. Their algorithm is quite good. I found it quite, when I did use it, I found it was quite accurate. Um, and you can also, all these apps are kind of connected. So even if you take your temperature, one thing, you can connect it to your Flow app. You can connect it to your health app on your phone. Some people are literally pen and paper and just put a star on their calendar, like knowing when something's happening or changes are happening. And um, so these apps are great. There's actually a really good one I found recently called Fitter Women. And it's F-I-T-R Women. And you put in when you are, um, where you are in your cycle, it'll ask you. And it literally tells you where you are in your cycle, the nutrients you should be in. It gives you food options. It tells you the best way for you to be exercising and um, things that might feel good for you. And it's a really, it's fantastic. Like I'd really like it. And um, so it would be really helpful for women that are kind of just getting into this and not really, don't really have an understanding of what, what's going on. That would be really helpful, I think, definitely. Oh, no, that's that's obviously really good to know. Um, and I think it's, I personally have I've got an understanding of this, but I think it's 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 quite basic. So it's 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 helpful for helpful for me to know this kind of stuff as well. Um, so something I wanted to ask you as well, and it's kind of like in relation to something that has been an ongoing challenge for me as a coach, and it's this approach to scale weight and obviously the different effects 
that it's going to have over the cycle like there's going to be massive fluctuations there's there's a definite um there's a feeling within women it's like when when themselves week on week and it's like oh shit I'm way up this week and again it's a direct kind of thought oh, I've put on body fat like what's your kind of approach with that and how do you work on that in terms of like mindset and is there any sort of um protocols you use okay so yeah that's a good one actually because it's it's so common to see with women and um, because your weight changes it fluctuates all throughout your cycle and um, some women get it more than others um, again, coming back to inflammation as well, people don't realize that muscle inflammation can also make you heavier. Um, so if you're coming up to your, if you're going to weigh yourself, I definitely, I don't do weekly weighs with my clients at all. I don't find it beneficial. If anything, I find it more detrimental. Um, we do it like every month we'll do a scale and it, we try and keep it. I try and kind of keep it at the same time around their cycle. Um, because that can, that can change dramatically especially running up to your period, you can hold a lot of water weight. Um, you know the kind of things that influence your weight anyway, but in regards to your like menstrual cycle, um, if you're going to do your weight, make sure it's at a similar time in your cycle every month, even if it's like the same kind of day, and you'll start to get a more on a better average because it does fluctuate so much. Like it's, it's yeah, up to like kilos I have clients who will put on kilos and I'm like why did you weigh yourself when you know you're away to get your period like it's and it makes them feel rubbish it's like oh my god I'm like it's literally you're literally holding on to so much water right now and if you're eating more carbohydrates and stuff as well because they're craving them I'm like you're holding more water there because of that um but yeah that's kind of all I would say to that is if you are going to weigh yourself make sure you're doing it at the same time in your cycle um and I wouldn't do it daily unless you're it's not anything I do with my clients, it's not, but I think some coaches do like daily weigh-ins over the week and stuff and it works for them. But when it comes to women, they have to be aware of their cycle and aware that these fluctuations do happen and not to beat themselves up about it. And you will yeah. see it happening because if it goes up, come back down again. Yeah, that's something I changed opinion on. I think when, when we start as coaches, like it's this obsession to, right, let's get this number down to this number and then that's us, bang, we've, we've done our job. But it's, I think it's far from it. I've kind of went from doing like weekly weigh-ins to daily weigh-ins to now really trying to step away from that. And for a lot of clients, almost, almost have them not even weigh at all. And I think it's, it's a benefit to their mindset. And it's amazing how much it can really trigger you on a daily basis. Like just, even if you, even if you understand everything that's going on within your body, you can still get triggered by standing on that scale. 100%. Like I think it took me a lot of work, a lot of work to get to a point where I can stand on the scale and, not let it affect my happiness and I think if you could get to that point you can weigh yourself whenever you want but for a lot of my clients like you say I've got clients I don't even weigh them I'll do their measurements and we'll do photos but I will not weigh them because it affects their happiness so much and like it's literally an electronic number at your feet it has no meaning whatsoever and it is literally just an indication of what your like your relationship to gravity is and like it just it's frustrating because I'm like I wish people could see it like that and not let it affect their happiness so much but it does take practice and it takes time because I was there I was that person as well so um yeah it is it is one I don't I'm not a massive advocate of and um not regularly anyway cool so I think we'll have a little chat about like our our experiences coaching women and like some of the some of the pitfalls that we see when a client comes on board first of all and this is obviously this is beneficial to us as coaches, but also for if you're listening, if you're a woman, if you are thinking about 
making that change. You want to lose a lot of fat. You want to get really strong. They're just this thing that you want to change right now. Like what are, what are some of the, some of the main kind of challenges or issues you see with women wanting to make change? What are the, the pitfalls? Would you say, is there any in particular you could think about? For women wanting to make change. Um, yeah. So I think in relation to like, obviously what we're talking about, I think being aware of who you are and taking into consideration what's going on and then making changes that are suitable for that time. So if you are in your follicular phase, you're going to want to make change. This is the time that we want to make change. You want to go and do it. It's a good time to do it. Um, You can probably drop your calories a little lower you normally would have or um, kind of start at the lower side of the deficit and um, walk more, move more, train harder, like do your lifting, do a little heavy, push yourself harder in the gym. But if you're in your like coming into your luteal phase, and I'm not saying you have to wait until your luteal phase until you start making changes, not at all. But if you're like just like coming up to your period, but you're like, I really feel rubbish and I want to do something, I'm like, okay, well, go out for a walk. You can uh, do a little bit more like high intensity. We tend to do a little bit better with high intensity in our luteal phase. Um, go, like, just be more active. You know I mean, be like, make the body move, yoga, stretching, things can feel really good at that kind of time as well. And you know that you're dealing with fats a little bit better. So kind of introducing a little bit more fats into your meals. Um, You could start tracking your calories, but even just start tracking them at maintenance. I mean, just start tracking something. Um, You don't have to go straight into a deficit. Like even you tracking maintenance will probably see some progress anyway. And it'll only be for a few weeks. And then when you come into your flick there and you're feeling, your appetite's going to go down anyway. So you're probably going to eat a little bit less naturally. Um, but yeah having that awareness of where they are is a good definitely a good start um, and I think genuinely even just starting to track your cycle people like women become a little bit more empowered they're like oh I know what's going on I can see it happening like and you kind of you want to keep you want to work with it there's so much power in it that it is daft not to use it I think women feel like especially coming into your kind of luteal phase is what I was talking about earlier and I totally lost my train of thought I'm going to dig back into that a little bit just now because I'm there and remembering um yeah so the time like where you um it's a really high stress time for the body and it's really hard to adapt we really struggle to adapt and um we don't deal with stress very well so use that time to rest recover and do the kind of mobility work do your stretching um eat well like, eat more fats your body's kind of going through a phase of like recovery and kind of recuperation when you get your period you kind of listen to your body a little bit do what feels good for you and then see coming your back into your little veils go hard and if you follow your cycle you do the right like you do the hard work you listen to your body you eat better you recover better when you come back into that set back into that first phase you can go harder again and you're going to see more progress there was actually a study done on that on the cycle and women it was they followed the cycle they you they actually built more mass during their first half of their cycle in compared to the second half because you do recover better anyways you said and you're um pretty anabolic in that say so you build more muscle in your first half and second half is quite catabolic so progesterone breaks down a lot of stuff so if you do do that Overall, you're going to make more progress. Whereas if you're trying to battle against your body all the time when it really wants to do the complete opposite to what you're trying to force it to do, you're trying to train really hard and do PBs and do all this marathon running. And in your second phase, you're going to feel rubbish and you're going to throw in the towel. Whereas if you kind of were a little bit more smart about it and listened to what your body wanted and needed, 
and really pushed hard when you physically could it's not just about how you feel it's physiologically these things are happening inside you and it's not a bad thing it's a power you can you can push so much harder in your first half and if you just listen to your body in your second half and toned it down a little bit and and ate the foods that you actually needed and yeah I think you'd make so much more progress you will you will you genuinely will yeah I think it's just it's going to be so powerful to understand that kind of stuff because you'll you'll be able to instead of when you're in that phase where, as you say, you're catabolic and you're maybe a little bit more stressed out, you, you won't just, instead of just like sitting at home and going, I'm just going to do nothing now, you can just, you can still do something, but just pull the intensity back. Cause it's, it's either like, it's, it feels like, it feels like it's an all or nothing kind of thing with like, oh, I feel a little bit shit. I don't feel too good. Okay. I'll just do nothing, but you can do a little bit. And then as you know, as you've just spoke about when you're feeling good, when you're ready to go, go and smash a few PBs, go and train a little bit harder. And it's, I, I actually see this in like female athletes as well i think there's a lack of understanding especially with um, not just especially but i see it a lot with footballers as well and it's not understanding these phases and it's picking up little niggly injuries during these phases um, and again you'll you'll probably have understand like the amount of acl injuries there are um and it could come down to overtraining during this this period overtraining too much not eating the right things not recovering right I actually listened to, I was listening to a podcast actually the other day and they were speaking about this and it's not like, so when you're in your progesterone high phase or so your luteal phase, which is when they kind of say that ACL injuries are more common, it's not the, the progesterone, like I say, it's like a, a common effect, it has a relaxing effect and it does actually relax, has a relaxing effect, relaxing effect on the tendons, um, which is why that, can ha- that, that injury is quite common. But it's not that your body doesn't want to go out and get an injury. Okay, our bodies are very, very clever, especially the female body. Unbelievably, um, there is a response there to stop that happening. There is like a I can't remember what you called it, but it basically is like a oh god, I can't remember it. But it's to prevent that happening. So it, without, it's not that your hormones are causing it. It's a lack of understanding of what's going on that's causing it. So if you had that understanding and you weren't training so hard and you're a little bit more cautious and not doing like, I'm not sure what goes on in football training, but something that wasn't going to cause an ACL injury, um, you'd be way better off. But yeah, it is, quite, it is quite a common thing, but it is because of that um, relaxation of the tendons and around that. Um, but it can be avoided with just a little bit of an understanding, definitely. Powerful to know. Um, another thing I kind of see with women coming into training especially introducing them to strength training and it's a you kind of touched on it at the start in regards to yourself and it's this obsession with cardio and like hit classes and just doing all this kind of stuff like what's what's your kind of opinion on this and what what would be your what would be your advice to women that are kind of coming from that background having done loads and loads of this and again something I also see is doing loads and loads of that in an underfed state which again is going to result in a lot of negative stuff Mm -hmm. definitely um i think there's this idea and it it comes back to skinny is the way like that's what people wanted for so long and people have this idea that cardio is for fat loss and it's i feel like it's definitely getting better that people have a better understanding that's not the case but um yeah a lot of the time it is do all this cardio and get skinny and that's what people want but as far as as far as kind of changing body shape which a lot of the time people it's what actually people want they'll come they're like I want to look like this and I want this 
and I'm like, okay, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to the gym, I'm running on the treadmill, I'm doing the cross training, I'm going on the bike. I'm like, okay, you can't grow. Um, and we d- adapt really quickly to cardio as well. I think people don't realize how quickly, especially women, we adapt really fast. And um, so if you're on that cross trainer for 40 minutes time, and you've been doing that for weeks and weeks and weeks, your body stops expending as much energy doing it because it's so used to it. It's like, well, I've done this a million times. I don't, it's not really, tr- it's not really changing. Do you know what I mean? It's easy for me now. So you're actually not burning as much energy as you think you are. Um, same with classes, hit classes as well. These things are great to get people moving. Like I'm totally for classes. I'm like the people go and exercise and like it's a kind of community feel to it. And a lot of people will enjoy that. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Like go for it if it works for you. Um, but it is not superior when it comes to fat loss. Like we know this completely, it does come down to your energy balance. Um, but if you enjoy it and it keeps you active and you are eating well, you're eating to fuel that because without fueling it, you're going to feel like it's going to be more detrimental than, than it is good, I think, in my opinion, um, which is kind of what would happen within the body as well. You can't, you can't expect the body to run on an empty and it will never change. You can't grow, you can't change if you're not fueling your body. Um, but with the, as far as the classes and stuff go, yeah, they're great. But if you have an idea what you want to look like and you want to change your actual shape, weights are definitely the way forward and the way weights make you feel like I love it you get a total rush of endorphins and and it becomes addictive and I've not met or trained anyone that has started with weights and thought nah I'm not doing this I'm going back on the cross trainer it's it's never happened yeah 100% it's I think it's it's just this fear of being a beginner again and just going into the going, going into the unknown going into the weight section where there's a few big guys that are a bit intimidating like most places are fine like nobody's that intimidating they're usually pretty friendly but it's just that first step of going in and I think it's just it's just not really knowing what what you're doing in the first place once you know what you're doing like you're more than confident to go in there um for sure and I think especially for women it is considered it's a man's thing men go to the gym and men lift weights and all these like bodybuilding and it's kind of given this idea that um that's what all the gyms are like and it is intimidating like for every person I have clients that come in shaking like physically like anxiety through the roof but they've stepped in the door and I think there's always somebody there to help you and if you even if you want to just get into it and you just want to be shown around a gym just contact a PT like I'm more than happy to just do a session with my client take them around the gym show them the machines get them a little bit more comfortable you don't have to if you're going to PT it doesn't have to be you're committed for weeks it's going to cost you all this money and not not you can just say listen I just want a little bit of knowledge on how to train relatively easily and it's not there's there's some basic machines in there to get you going like I'll give clients some a basic workout I'm like this is how you do it this is how you do it safely do this amount of reps this many times and crack on and that's fine they'll do that for a few weeks and then all of a sudden they're like I know what I'm doing I'm, I'm more comfortable I'm more confident and they're more willing to try kind of different things it doesn't have to be um this big scary experience it can be made really really easy it's just about gaining a little bit of confidence um just getting your foot in the door yeah 100 I think as well touching on what we were just speaking about it's, it's women are usually striving for this like toned kind of physique it's it's not necessarily that they they want to get really really skinny they're, they're looking for the toned physique and I think it's just a misunderstanding of what that is and it's yeah. you're going to get that toned physique much easier yes there may have to be a calorie deficit in there but if we can build a bit of muscle you're going to find that toned physique comes a lot earlier than smashing the cross trainer 40 minutes every single day it's almost yeah. like I always 
kind of picture it like this. It's like, let's meet in the middle somewhere. Instead of going all the way down calorie deficit, lose loads of fat and get to this point where, where do I go now? It's like, let's build a bit of muscle. Let's get that tone physique and kind of meet in the middle. Calorie deficit will come this way and the building muscle will come the other way. And then you'll get that much earlier. I think that's a good way to think about it. And then typically when people get there, they're like, mm, maybe I want a bit more muscle now. And there's nothing wrong with muscle on a woman. Absolutely. I love that. And I think especially like, you're right. Like women come with the idea. They're like, I want to get toned. So I need to be really skinny. And it's actually the complete opposite. You can lose as much body fat as you want, but if you don't have any like much muscle under there, that tone, like it's, it's not going to be there. Um, and all being toned is, is exposing muscle. And you can build muscle in a deficit. And it's, it's not as easy, but it can happen. Um, so yeah, lifting weights and eating well and fueling that, um, we'll see some good changes definitely. And I think once people start seeing those changes, they're like, like you say, they're like, I want more. Like I want to keep going. It's a total. Once you get into it, it's um, and you see the changes and you see how good you feel within yourself. Um, yeah, you want to keep going definitely. Yeah, there's. I think there's like I love the barbell hip thrust movement just now as well. It's like a, it's been a total kind of. Um, it's like the what's the word it's like the ego lift for women now but I love it though because it's just it just totally puts a focus on getting strong as fuck like I've watched women on Instagram stories and in the gym and that like chucking like triple their body weight with a barbell hip thrust and it's like that even three four years ago would have been like you probably wouldn't have seen much of that at all but it's it's so much more common now and I think we really are getting over that kind of and we'll get into that point of like strong not skinny I know it's thrown about loads but I think we are getting to a point where this is becoming more um prevalent 100 and i think women going to the gym and lifting heavy weights is i i love seeing it and it makes you feel so empowered i think so when you feel stronger and you women see their weights going up and i'm looking at them because i'm like hey that was a pb by the way and they're like really they're like yes like totally buzzing um and it is this kind of this like you say strong not skinny it's, it's thrown about but it's true and i think the kind of um the idea of skinny is like the best and skinny is beautiful and skinny is what everyone wants it's kind of being shifted and through the help of people that are like women that are promoting like strength training and getting stronger and getting fitter and um, eating protein and not making them massive and bulky like another one that an idea that women have is they don't want to get bulky and I still to this day hear it and you see it all the time with clients um, and I'm like it doesn't for you to get this tone like for you to build that muscle protein is the building blocks not just for that it's beneficial like in loads of different areas in the body but as far as gym goes yeah it's needed yeah it's, it's, it's the thing like it's just be comfortable with eating a lot of protein be comfortable with eating like there's nothing wrong with being in a surplus if you want to build a little bit of muscle like I think it's just understanding it's the understanding behind it and it's almost using food as like as like a tool, some women will kind of use use it as a tool to, to build a bit of muscle and then just it's the understanding of calories and nutrition and knowing that you can kind of right okay if we want to drop some body fat we know exactly how to do it if we want to stay at maintenance we know exactly how to do it and then want to build some muscle we know how to do it as well um just understanding knowledge is is massive and i honestly think if you're using the gym it's just you just you kind of need to understand it you have to and i think as well there's no point in coming at the gym training super hard giving it you're all training really heavy like seeing the weights go up and not eating well like it, in my eyes I always say I'm like it's pointless you can't your body can't do anything with it you're putting all this effort in and you're making all this all these um this like <clears throat> to do well and 
but you're, you've not given your body any fuel. It's like driving a car with no petrol in it and you're, 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 you're putting your foot to the pedal and nothing's happening. And you need yeah. to, and I think once you start eating well and you start eating your protein, you start realizing I've got loads of energy to train. Because I've trained under, trained underfed, and it is not a nice place to be. You don't want to do it. And I'm sure you've probably done it at some point as well. We all kind of start off like with that idea in our head that that's the way to go. But um, when you start fueling it, you'll feel the difference and you'll want to keep going and you'll realize that oh wait a minute I'm, I'm actually eating a lot and I'm, I'm not getting fat or I'm not getting fat and I'm like to my clients I'm like I'm not going to make you fat you have to trust me I'm like this is my goal I want to help you and I think especially with protein like it's not if anything majority of people actually everyone that does high protein diet they don't get fat because unless obviously they're in a surplus but um if it's managed it has the opposite effect it creates lean mass it has like thermogenic effects so you actually burn more calories when you digest it it keeps you fuller for longer you're less likely to overeat if you eat more protein exactly yeah it's i always have this kind of um this approach with clients as well as like if they do want to lose some body fat if they do want to lose a little bit of weight to start off with that's totally fine but i'll always paint this picture of we're going to look to do this but then flip it around to performance we're going to get over this fat loss phase lose this body fat flip it around to performance and what i basically tell them is is like Right now, yeah, we might need to drop some calories, but you see in three to six months time, you're actually probably going to be eating more and you're still going to maintain that body fat. And that's a, I think that's an incredible place to, to look towards. And it can be quite confusing to start off with. They're like, but why would I want to eat more? It's like I've been in this calorie deficit for about six years, like on and off trying to lose weight. But it's that is not how it always has to be. Like yeah. there is light, light at the end of the tunnel. There is food for you somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And it doesn't even have to be like, a low deficit like I think people have this idea that when you go into a calorie deficit you have to eat really low I'm like it's not at all like you can do it slowly you can do it whatever pace you want to do it at you will get there I think there's this idea that it's all or nothing you either eat like really low calories and lose all this body fat or you don't do anything at all and I'm like there is a happy medium like you could even just like 100 calories less a day it would be really slow but it would happen I mean you can there's ways around it um definitely but I think having that understanding of like diet what it's going to do to you not being scared of it as well and just kind of trusting and if it doesn't work see if you try it you try your high protein diet you try this um deficit or whatever it is and it doesn't work for you you can go back to your old way and go for it but i guarantee that's not going to happen yeah 100 percent um yeah so julia i just i like to ask people this at the end of the podcast pretty much every time so what's what's the plans for for the future like next six months to a year anything big coming so i i'm trying i'm kind of creating at the moment i'm kind of had this idea when i was away and i'm kind of creating a platform um and a space for women um for online coaching i'm going to do it and set it up so that we kind of help women understand their own personal cycle help them train and diet through their cycles and um, help them achieve their goals but make it really kind of what easier for them do you know what I mean and working with them one-to-one and creating a space for that um and promoting kind of just women's health and um bringing people together for it and I'm, I'm really excited actually it's you know, you've kind of helped me out a little bit I've approached a couple of people that are doing online coaching and giving me some tips and advice on how to, where to go and how to start it um so I'm kind of just in the process of building that and then hopefully get that going um, I'm kind of making the focus more on wellness rather than just fitness because I do wellness in myself and um, my 
wellness kind of covers a lot of areas it's kind of your physical fitness your mental fitness and a little bit of spirituality in there as well but I'm going to throw in uh, menstrual health as well and make that kind of the areas of focus for um, my clients and for women and create a space for them to educate themselves on these things everything we've just kind of spoken about and have that understanding and I know it sounds like a lot and it is a lot but once you kind of have the basics and just that general understanding your body how you feel what works for you um it makes it much easier to achieve their goals and to sustain them that's some kind of the bit that people don't realize the sustaining of these goals is actually the harder bit but once you create these habits and have that understanding um yeah much better quality of life i think i think there's a there's a massive space for that and i think you'll i think you'll you'll take over that space 100 percent open fires as it does there's, no, there's nobody there like and there are people there but you really have to look for them um that kind of cover these areas and i'm i'm so excited about it I'm, I'm so passionate about it i absolutely love it i am completely obsessed with learning about periods and hormones and um what to, we can do to make our lives easier um and yeah so i'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of put, punching in that space a wee bit that's cool nothing but success coming for you i can guarantee it um yeah last question would be like is there any like particular like podcasts or particular resources that you use for this kind of um this kind of information okay so yeah whole geeks i'm totally into all this um for this particular information um i there's a few books actually i definitely recommend to the women that are listening even guys go for it uh, period power by Maisie hill is a really fantastic book and um, she covers the menstrual cycle kind of like I've just described it in these kind of phases. Um, and she, the way she kind of describes it all is like phases and the seasons and all this stuff. And it's a really good, really good book. Um, Period Repair Manual as well is another good one um, by Laura Biden, Lara Biden. Um, and that goes into a lot of um, period problems for women that have anything like uh, PCOS, endometriosis, heavy periods, painful periods, mood swings, breast tenderness all this sort of thing and um, she dives into them and can kind of give you natural supplements and things to take which is another kind of thing that I do with my clients as well as not just going through training and diet phases through the phases but also um symptoms and hormone balance because that's a massive part of it because if your hormones aren't balanced this will not make sense to you which is quite frustrating so it's kind of where you need to start with it but yeah so those two books are really good ones um what other podcasts I listen to um, there's a woman on Instagram actually called AOK Nutrition. She is a natural therapist and she works a lot with hormones and menstrual cycle. I learned a lot from her. She actually kickstarted my um, and inspired me to start learning about it. Um, and off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else, but there's definitely more. I'll send you them and you can put them somewhere alongside this. Cool. And, um, those two um, places to start. Instagram handle, Facebook. Yes, you can get me at Jayshaw Fitness. Um, you can get me there on Facebook and Instagram on both places. Would massively recommend giving Julia a follow if you are a woman, even if you're a male. Make sure you give her a follow. Um, but Julia, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I'm, I'm definitely going to be booking you back in for a couple of different topics, menopause, PC, PCOS, and a couple of different things because I think there's still so much more to squeeze out of this. We could have probably sat for another hour and a half, but um, <laughs> no, thank you very much for that, Julie. I appreciate you um, giving me some of your time. Um, make sure you give the podcast a share on your story if you enjoyed this. Tag Julia, tag me, and I will catch you guys soon. Thank you very much.